your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 686 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers just wrapping up a pretty convincing 7-3 win in Minnesota against the Wild. I said coming into this one that it was going to be a big test for the Rangers. And uh, watching this game, I think you pretty much have to say that they pass a flying colors. I don't know if it was quite as complete of a performance as they had against Tampa. You know, there are a couple defensive breakdowns in this game that led to a couple of goals for the Wild. Uh, there were times where they weren't always at their best 5v5, but you know what? They were very opportunistic in this game. They got goals from six different players, everybody getting on the score sheet. Uh, a lot of things to like here. We're going to have to talk about Igor Shesterkin. I feel like we kind of neglected him a little bit on opening night. You know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the new players on the Rangers and, you know, what some of the kids are doing. And with Igor sometimes, and I mentioned in that episode, you take it for granted a little bit. I'm doing my best not to, uh, but there was no taking this one for granted. He was absolutely fantastic in this game against the Wild. Uh, we're also going to talk about Artemi Panarin. Big, big night for the bread man. Four points. And, uh, you know, he really clicks with uh, both of his linemates, uh, Trocek and Lafreniere on the second line there. Capo Caco with what I would call uh, his... First true bonafide, just unreal, highlight real goal, uh, a signature moment for him for the New York Rangers. Uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that that turns out to be the case. I'm also going to discuss, and I was tweeting about this uh, a little bit earlier in tonight's, uh, during tonight's game, uh, why Chris Kreider, I don't think he'll get to 52 goals, but he's going to get closer than a lot of people realize, at least you know, that, that's what I'm going with right now. Um, and I'm also going to go to bat for Ryan Reeves, who got into a fight at the end of this game, uh, standing up for Keandre Miller. But we have to start with Igor Shesterkin. Like I said, uh, opening night, you know, we talked about him a little bit in the postgame presser, but focusing on some other players and some other things. And Igor, you know, just doing his thing against the Tampa Bay Lightning and doing his thing here tonight against the Minnesota Wild. He stops 33 of 36 shots, which is obviously a really good performance. But honestly, uh, that... Number, the fact that he gave up three goals, that kind of undersells just how good he was in this game. And I think probably anybody who watched this game would very likely agree with me there. Uh, just fantastic. You know, he's got the athletic saves. He's got some gritty saves. And it was one of those nights where, you know, early in the game, I just kind of could sense it. I, I could just kind of feel that it was going to be one of those nights for Igor Shesterkin that, you know, he was basically just going to stand on his head and probably lead the Rangers to victory in this one. And that's exactly what happens. And, you know, I always take notes watching these games, but I was making certain to uh, write down some of Igor's best saves of the night. And one that really stood out was early in this game, very, very sharp out of the gates. He had a point-blank save uh, against Hartman. Uh, he was also really good on Minnesota's first power play opportunity, a couple of tough saves there. Uh, you also had a situation where uh, this is a weird play, and I'm not sure that MSG ever showed a replay of this, but the Rangers were on the power play, and Minnesota cleared the puck, and it kind of went toward the net, took a really funny hop on the ice, and Igor suddenly had to, like, you know, throw up his catching glove and, you know, snag the puck out of the air and keep it from going in. Just a really awkward bounce, but, uh, you know, Igor quick as a cat on that play. 
Uh, he also, you know, there's a one-timer from Jost. Uh, Igor turns that aside. Uh, he also made, you know, Matt Zuccarello score in this game because, of course, he did. But that cut the Ranger lead to 3-1. And, you know, the crowd was getting back into it. It was probably one of the Wild's best stretches of the night. Uh, the Rangers got a penalty called against them right after the Zuccarello goal. So the Wild just cut it from 3-0 to 3-1. And now they're going on the power play. They got, you know, some mojo. They, they've got the momentum a little bit. And um, that's when Igor really came up big because the Rangers, they're shorthanded. Uh, Igor makes a sliding save while moving to his left and just kind of sprawls out to stop the puck, keep it from going in. Seconds after that happened, though, you get Kreider taking a penalty after the whistle. Uh, he was mixed up with uh, with somebody. Uh, I think it was, uh, I kind of forget who it was, to be completely honest. But uh, got called for a high sticking after the, the play, and they put him in the penalty box. And so the Rangers are not only shorthanded now, but they are down five on three for the second time in as many games, by the way. They are down five on three, this time for a minute and 23 seconds, as opposed to against Tampa when it was the full two minutes. But... Igor was awesome here. You know, a lot of really gritty saves, a lot of uh, just scrambles in front of the net. Obviously, you're down five on three. You're already back on your heels. And I think uh, Mika, Truba, and Lindgren were, are to be, uh, you know, commended for what they did on this penalty kill. They were outstanding. Uh, so they helped Igor a little bit. You know, Mika intercepted a pass and cleared it down the ice. He showed a really good stick on that play. But Igor really stole the show here. Cliche or not, you need your goalie to be the best penalty killer. And uh, Igor, after making some really athletic saves earlier in this game, some really gritty saves here. You know, just fighting through traffic and holding his own and, and just, you know, standing in there in the net and keeping the puck from going in. A couple scrambles in the crease and, you know, there's bodies, you know, falling all over him. But, you know, Igor's digging in there and he's, he's getting his glove on the puck and, you know, halting play. Uh, so that was big. You know, you give up another goal there. All of a sudden now... It goes from 3 nothing to 3-2 in the blink of an eye. And who knows? Maybe the entire outcome is different. Obviously, Minnesota is going to be feeling pretty good about themselves at that point. And, you know, a feeling that I had going into the third period that I have to share with you guys, and it's probably one that, you know, a lot of you guys can relate to as well. But, you know, the, the third period is beginning, and the Rangers are up 4-1 to at that point. And there's no guarantees. You know, you still have to play well for the final 20 here. You can't lose your focus or anything like that. But, you know, the Rangers are such a good third period team. And you've got Igor Shosturkin in net. He's obviously standing on his head. He's obviously got his A game, his A-plus game in this one here tonight. You go into that third period. There's 20 minutes left. And you, as a Ranger fan, you almost think, like, dude, like, we're not going to lose this game. Like, I mean, to begin with, any team that goes into the third period up 4-1, you're feeling pretty good about your chances. But with Igor, I mean, it gets to a point where it's just like there's no way that this team, whoever we're playing, is going to outscore us by three goals over the final 20 minutes, especially when Igor is playing uh, the way that he was playing in this game here tonight. So, I mean, he just, you know, whether you're one of his teammates, I can only assume, or a fan watching this, he just kind of bolsters your confidence in this team. And once they have a lead and once they have a you know pretty sizable lead as they did here, you just feel like it's pretty much inevitable that the Rangers are going to uh, walk away with the win. So, I mean, he was fantastic. Like I said, I, I made this joke last year, but, you know, a quarter of the way through the season last year, I ran out of adjectives to describe what Igor Shosturkin is doing. And uh, that remains an ongoing challenge to come up with newer and better adjectives to describe just how good this guy is. He's the reigning Vezina winner for a reason. Stats, eye test. You can go with whatever you want. This guy is the best goalie on the planet right now. And uh, just a joy to watch him play in net uh, for the Rangers pretty much night in and night out. I get the feeling we might see Yaroslav Halak tomorrow. Um, might be good to just get him a game early in the season. And on top of that, it's a back-to-back. -back. Uh, Drugland doesn't seem to like to play the same goalie twice in a back-to-back. -back. I don't think he did it a single time last season. But, 
you know, hey, it, it's it's an opportunity to uh, to give Halak a game, and Igor will be back in there before we know it. Uh, we'll see, though. You know, maybe the fact that it's early in the season and the Rangers are 2-0 and and you don't want to squander this chance to go 3-0, maybe you throw him back out there. Uh, but I would imagine probably Halak in the uh, in the game against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention as it pertains to Igor Shesterkin, because there's no way I was the only Ranger fan that was thinking about this. Um, you know, the Wild, they were down by four goals with five minutes left. And they chose to pull their goalie. Now, the first instinct is to kind of laugh a little bit and maybe poke fun. But, you know, I actually kind of liked it. You know what? You're down by four goals. There's five minutes left. I mean, if you give up an empty netter, you give up an empty netter. You're, you're going to lose the game anyway, right? It's not that big of a deal. Uh, go down fighting. And if you're the Minnesota Wild coach, you send that message to your team that we're going to keep battling all the way to the end. And, you know, maybe you get a goal there. Maybe uh, a certain player gets his first goal of the season, his first assist of the season, whatever it might be. But, you know, from the Rangers standpoint and from, you know, my standpoint watching this game, uh, once that goalie was pulled, I'm thinking, okay, one of two things needs to happen here. Either Chris Kreider uh, gets the hat trick because he had two goals in the game up to this point, or... Igor Shesterkin, I mean, show me a better time if you're Igor Shesterkin to shoot at the empty net than when you're up by four goals. I mean, how often is there even going to be an empty net when you're up by four goals? Uh, it didn't happen, but, uh, you know, we're at the point now, anytime the net is empty, it's in the back of your head a little bit as a Ranger fan, I think, that he might uh, take a shot at one there. So, yeah, again, I mean, Igor Shesterkin, there's not really much else to say. This guy just delivers night in and night out. Uh, just an all-world phenomenal goalie. And uh, in just a second, we're going to talk about the big night from the Rangers' second line, specifically Artemi Panarin. I mean, he was just on fire in this game. Just looked dangerous right from the opening faceoff. And um, yeah, I mean, just did breadman things. So uh, we will get to that in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we're going to keep things rolling here by talking about the bread man and uh, the second line as a whole. Uh, Lafreniere, first full game with, uh, you know, Trocek and Panarin as his two line mates. Obviously, Kraftsoff was injured, you know, just a... Uh, I, it might have been his first or second shift, one or, one or the other. First or second shift for Kraftsoff on opening night. He gets injured. Lafreniere jumps up to the top line. But what you got here tonight was just an outstanding performance by this line. Uh, between the three of them, uh, Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere, they combined for eight points in this game. And Panarin has a hand in four Ranger goals. He ends up with a goal and three assists, uh, showed tremendous chemistry with both uh, Trocek and Lafreniere. And I figure, you know, we're, we're going to talk about Panarin's night as a whole. We're going to break down these goals, but just watching him skate around and, you know, it's the Artemi Panarin that we all know and love. The guy that can just uh, find passing lanes that seemingly do not exist, create something out of nothing, you know, move around with the puck with ease. 
and you know, just just be an absolute menace as far as the opposition is concerned. Uh, Panarin was fantastic in this game and would have been even if not for, you know, the high point total. He just looked like the bread man, vintage bread man in this game. Uh, but as far as, you know, breaking down the goals here, you know, the Rangers, they go up one nothing about four minutes into the game. Uh, they score a power play goal. You've got Artemi Panarin making just an excellent cross ice pass to Mika Zibanejad. And then Mika dishes in deep to Chris Kreider. And Kreider tips it in right there from the doorstep and uh, makes it one to nothing. Rangers. Uh, Panarin also gets a secondary assist on the Rangers' second goal that made it two to nothing. Uh, you know, Panarin, he's got the puck along the boards. He's basically just doing whatever he wants. He's going this way. He's going that way. He's spinning away from his from his uh, opposition there. And then he goes behind the net and passes from behind the net to his left to Alexi Lafreniere. And then Lafreniere. Uh, an excellent pass in his own right, dishes across the top of the crease to Adam Fox. By this point, Fox had kind of crashed the net, and he tips it in from the doorstep, and just like that, it's two to nothing. But Artemi Panarin, you know, he only got the, the secondary assist on this one, but he created the whole thing, again, just by maintaining possession of the puck, getting to a good spot behind the net, and also drawing two defenders toward him because it's Panarin, so he's always going to attract that attention. And as soon as they started to move toward him, I think that's what he wanted. That's when he passed to Lafreniere, Lafreniere to Mika, uh, Lafreniere to Fox, excuse me, and then Fox uh, takes care of the rest. Um, the Rangers then also make it 3 nothing, which is 12 seconds remaining in the first period. Uh, you've got Keandre Miller making a pass across the blue line to Adam Fox, or no, to Trocek, excuse me. Uh, Trocek then in deep to Lafreniere. Lafreniere circles back up the boards, uh, just a ridiculous backhand pass by Lafreniere, and Panarin just not going to miss from this spot on the ice. Uh, he's right up, you know, near the top of the crease, and uh, he beats Marc-Andre Fleury, and just like that, 3 nothing Rangers, and a big, big goal there, making it 3 nothing once again with just 12 seconds remaining in the first period. So Panarin with a hand in all three of the goals that the Rangers scored in the first period. And then he also gets an assist to make it 5-1 to one in the third. And Panarin actually set this one up with a really nice defensive play. You know, the Rangers had the puck in the attacking zone. Uh, the Wild eventually came away with it. Looked like they were just going to skate out with it. And uh, Panarin challenged his guy, got control of the puck, and then sent a uh, backhand pass across the zone to Vincent Trocek. And Trocek just winds back, lets it fly, and puts it into the net. And uh, the Rangers were up 5-1 to one at that point. So again, just just really great to see Panarin, you know, find that chemistry with Vincent Trocek, find that chemistry also with Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, this line could be a ton of fun going forward. And part of the reason for that, and one of the other things that I really want to uh, put Panarin over for, is the potential impact that this guy could have on Alexi Lafreniere. It is downright scary what Artemi Panarin can do for Lafreniere if the two of them continue to play on the same line going forward. And I hope that they do. We'll see what happens when Kravtsov comes back. I think I would prefer, you know, if Kravtsov comes back, maybe he's on the third line. I mean, there might be some nights where he's a healthy scratch, but you could put him on the third line. Maybe he's out there with Heedle, and then you put like a grinder with them, you know, maybe Goodrow, maybe VZ. Um, I would say probably Goodrow, but this is just off the top of my head. I haven't thought about it too deeply. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, once Kravtsov is back, as much as it sucks to kind of lose your spot to an injury, so to speak, I just, I got to see Lafreniere in the top six. The kid is ready to go off. And part of the reason for that is what Artemi Panarin can do for him. Uh, we've talked about the Panarin bump before on this podcast. And basically, that's just a nickname that I've given to, you know, what happens to every player that gets to play on the same line as Artemi Panarin. Whether it's uh, Ryan Strom, who obviously was kind of in lockstep with Panarin for uh, three years there, or however long it was. Uh, whether it's Somebody like Jesper Foss, who's typically a bottom six grinder, or somebody like Colin Blackwell, 
who was an NHL, AHL swingman at best, no matter who Panarin is out there with, he will find a way to elevate you and make you at least semi-relevant uh, as far as, you know, offense is concerned. And so, you know, if Panarin can get the best out of Ryan Strom and the best out of, you know, guys like Jesper Foss, guys like Colin Blackwell, even Dryden Hunt picked up a few points while playing with Strom and Panarin this past season. So if he can do that with guys like that, you know, guys who are mostly bottom sixers, grinded out type players, then just imagine... Just imagine what Artemi Panarin can do with a kid as talented as Alexi Lafreniere. It is downright scary. And as far as like the debate, if there is a debate between whether to go with Lafreniere or Kraftsoff, um, you know, on the second line with Panarin, here's what I would ask everybody listening to this. So pretend you're the opposition of the Rangers for a second, okay? And you are given the choice as far as what the Rangers are going to do with their second line, and you're told that the Rangers will either put Lafreniere on the second line or Krasov on the second line. Which one are you going to pick? And it's nothing against Krasov, but I think pretty much everybody would agree that they'd rather, you know, if you're the opposition of the Rangers, you'd rather be tasked with stopping Krasov with Panarin rather than tasked with stopping Lafreniere with Panarin. Because, you know, again, the sky is the limit for Alexi Lafreniere. And I think that says something, you know, when, when you can look at it and see what the opposition, what they would prefer, do the opposite. And, and I think right now, Lafreniere, nobody wants to see that. If you're going up against the Rangers, you don't want to see Lafreniere out there with Panarin, especially after the show that these guys put on uh, in this game here. But, you know, I also know there was some concern about Panarin and Trocek and are they going to get on the same page? And, oh, my God, there's no chemistry because, oh, they, they didn't score a goal in this preseason game. Look, it's the preseason. As I mentioned recently, I don't think Either one of them were really going full bore in the preseason. They only got like two games together anyway. Uh, those two are going to be just fine together. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for big things as far as the two of them going forward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much it as far as Panarin. Just a fantastic night. Fantastic night for the uh, second line. Once again, combining for eight points. And I, I need more Alexi Lafreniere in the top six. I tweeted that. And uh, I, I think a lot of people agreed and... We'll see what happens. You know, Krasov's not going to be out there uh, against Winnipeg. So Lafreniere, you know, he's talked about how it's his goal to be in the top six. Well, he's got a, a heck of a chance to uh, stake his claim here if he has another big game uh, against the Jets on Friday night. So in just a second, we got a couple other things that we want to do here. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Zach jones Braden schneider pairing, who I thought, you know, had a pretty good game in this one. There was one goal that the Wild scored where uh, neither player looked very good at all. Um, so we'll talk about that. But for the most part, I, I like what I'm seeing from them. We're going to talk about uh, Capo Caco's unreal goal. And like I said in the intro, I'm going to go to bat for Ryan Reeves as well. Okay, so Zach Jones and Braden Schneider. You know, you get this uh, rookie pairing. I believe they both still qualify as rookies. Zach Jones, I'm almost positive, does. Uh, Schneider, I would have to look that up if, you know, he played too many games last year to count as a rookie this season. But for the most part, I thought they were good. There were a couple times where they were out there against the uh, the Hartman, Kaprizov, Zuccarello line. That's probably not an accident. I would imagine if you're the head coach of the Wild, you would probably uh, look for that that matchup because, you know, it's either that or you go up against with your top line Fox and Lindgren or you go up against Miller and Truba. Yeah, maybe go after the two kids uh, instead. Um, but for the most part, I thought they did well. There was one shift fairly early in the game in the first period where you know, the, the Wild were coming in on a rush, and then, you know, Jones and Schneider, a little bit back on their heels, ends up getting a uh, nice scoring opportunity for the Wild, but Igor with a point-blank save freezes the puck, so Igor kind of bailed them out there. Uh, there was also a goal that was scored uh, by Boldy uh, in the 
third period? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the third period where Jones turned the puck over. You know, he couldn't hold the puck at the blue line. Uh, there's a rush for the Wild up the ice. And, you know, Schneider was back. They were both kind of scrambling to get in position. And Schneider went down to, you know, presumably block a shot or block a pass. But the pass was completed and the Wild scored. So neither of them look good there. But for the most part, you know, they're going up against two really good teams these first two games of the season in the Lightning and in the Wild. Uh, Jones and Schneider, to my knowledge, have never really played together. Uh, we've talked about how, you know, when Schneider was in the AHL, his defense partner was almost always Matthew Robertson, who uh, is still in the AHL. So f- as far as I know, these two have not been partners often, if at all. And uh, for the most part, you know, I think they've done pretty well. Uh, they seem to have good positioning out there. And, you know, I actually want to check. I want to see if they got any uh, penalty kill time. I have not looked at this, so just bear with me. I'm going to look at the uh, the box score here. Yeah, so Jones was not out there on the PK. Schneider was only out there for 47 seconds. And uh, they both had 14 minutes and 22 seconds of ice time, which was uh, tied for last among NHL, def- or, yeah, NHL defensemen, among Rainer defensemen. And, you know, that's not to be unexpected, though, because, you know, they're, they are the third pairing. And these top four defensemen on the Rangers are really good and obviously really established. But, again, Jones and Schneider, so far so good. Wasn't a perfect night for them, but, uh, you know, they're they're holding down the four as the third pairing so far. And one other thing that I want to talk about Jones and Schneider, and this is a concept that I'm going to discuss in greater epi- in greater detail in a future episode. But with the two of them, the way I see it right now, they're already Schneider especially. You know, Jones, I, I suppose the book is still out. I would say they're already you know solid NHL defense, and certainly you can get by with these guys as a third pairing. There's definitely teams out there where uh, Braden Schneider would absolutely be in the top four. But the thing that I like here is that, you know, the Rangers, and I don't want to jump the gun as far as the playoffs are concerned because the Rangers have to earn their spot just like everybody else, but they look very good after these first two games. And they made it to the Eastern Conference final last year. They easily made the playoffs last year. They still have to earn their spot. Nothing is given. Nothing is guaranteed. But if we assume that the Rangers probably will be a playoff team again, which I believe they will, Jones and Schneider have between now and and then to continue their development. They've got another 80 games in front of them where they can continue to just get better and better and better. They're both still fairly inexperienced, but I firmly believe that both Jones and Schneider will be better all-around players, better defensemen by the time that the uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs roll around. And if that's the case, then look out. I mean, the sky really is the limit. We talk about how good that top four is, uh, how it's one of the best quartets probably in the entire league. I mean... If Jones and Schneider continue to develop at the rate that they have been, especially Schneider, you know, Jones still has to get there a little bit. I, I think that's fair to say. But man, we, we could be looking at a situation where, forget about a quartet, what's it called? A, a sixtet? We have the best six, you know, not the best six defensemen, but the best grouping of six defensemen in the entire league. It's possible. Not going to guarantee it or anything like that, but the Rangers could be in the mix there as far as, you know, uh, the best group of defensemen in this entire league. Pretty scary to think about, um, and also awesome to think about if you're a Ranger fan. Um, the other thing that happened, I got to call some attention to this. Uh, Matt Zuccarello scored a goal in this game. I believe I already mentioned that. Yeah, I did. Um, but I feel like I kind of jinxed it because it was when the Rangers were up 3 nothing. I was on Twitter. The Wild got you know good scoring chance. Zuccarello came really, really close to scoring. The puck stayed out, and I tweeted, well, okay, the uh, the inevitable Zuccarello goal is on hold, at least for now. Not 30 seconds later did Matt Zuccarello put one into the net. So I kind of jinxed it, but let's be real here. I didn't jinx anything. We all knew this was going to happen. It always happens when the Rangers are playing their former uh, players, and 
It is what it is, man. You know, I, you know, I'd actually like to know, like, if there's a stat behind this, like, because as Ranger fans, it feels like this happens a lot. And I'm not sure if it happens to the Rangers more than any other team as far as, you know, former players scoring against them. I was actually talking a little bit with Seth, you know, from Locked On Minnesota Wild on Twitter tonight. And, you know, he said something similar that former Wild players always get them. So maybe it, it's something of an illusion, but I don't know. I mean, over these past couple of seasons, it really does feel like every former Ranger that plays them ends up putting the puck in the net. And obviously Zuccarello uh, did it in this game here tonight, but all the best to Matt Zuccarello. You know, it's so cool that he's kind of resurrected his career and obviously he gets to play with Kaprizov, which is awesome. And Hartman's no slouch either. So uh, good things by Matt Zuccarello. And I'm very, very happy for him. And I'll, I'll root for him in every single game uh, that the Wild are not playing the Rangers. So good stuff for Zuccarello. And uh, glad that the Rangers could win the game fairly easily, uh, despite him scoring a goal against his former team. We absolutely must talk, must talk about this goal scored by Capo Caco here. It was unassisted, a uh, complete one-man show. But, you know, actually, I probably shouldn't say that because I got to give a little bit of an unofficial assist to Mika Zibanejad on this play. Uh, the puck is behind the Minnesota net. Mika's in on the forecheck. He checks his guy and knocks him off the puck. Now, Mika didn't actually touch the puck. But obviously, he hit his guy, he got the puck loose, and it goes to Capo Kako. Kako's in the corner. And man, I'm going to try to do this goal justice, but I will just say right now, before I even begin to attempt to explain what happened here, if you did not get an opportunity to see this game, first of all, I would highly recommend just seeing highlights of the entire thing because so much happened. But if you only have time to watch you know, one play from this game, absolutely make it this Capo Kako goal. So Kako's got the puck now. He's in the corner. Um, he goes forehand, backhand, and basically just fakes a defenseman out of his skates. He carries the puck behind the net. He brings it back out the other side. He goes up the uh, the inside like edge of the left faceoff circle. He continues to circle back, you know, kind of goes through the high slot area, and then turns to his left. Now he's in the right faceoff circle, kind of near the dot, you know, just inside the dot, and moves to the net, and uh, just a little backhand, forehand action, on Marc-Andre Fleury. It looked like he five-holed him, but just an unreal, highlight real goal by Capo Caco here. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the goal that Alexi Lafreniere scored last year. You know, we've kind of been looking for each of these players to get that truly, like, just jaw-dropping, incredible, highlight real goal. We got it from Lafreniere toward the end of the regular season last year. Uh, it's the one, I think they were playing the Red Wings, but whoever they were playing, uh, you know, he moves the puck in, he's going toward the net, he basically plays the puck between his own legs and then backhands it into the net. And you could hear, you know, the garden crowd. I mean, everybody gasped when he did this. It was awesome. And this was just as good, this goal by Capo Caco. And I do not think, you know, he's in year four here with the Rangers. I don't think he's had a goal that was quite as impressive as this one. And maybe one of you guys remembers, you know, a certain goal that he scored here or there, and uh, you can send it to me and make me aware of it. That's cool and everything. But for my money, I, I got to believe this is the best goal, the most impressive goal that Capo Caco has ever scored uh, since entering the NHL. So that was awesome. And, you know, I love the fact that, you know, a lot of guys are getting their first goal, their first assist out of the way. You don't want to be chasing that for too long. Uh, you know, Trocek with a two-point night tonight. As far as the kids are concerned, Lafreniere gets two assists. Uh, Kako gets a goal here. Hedl got a goal here. Hedl got a goal on a really gritty play, so you got to like that. And uh, you also got to like the fact that uh, Mika and Kreider were saying that they want Capo Kako to shoot, and he obliged here. You know, he, he held onto the puck forever. Old Capo Kako, I guarantee you, in his first two years in the league, there's no way he's making this play. And probably the most likely thing that would have happened is he would have tried to force a pass to one of his teammates. So I just love the fact that he's now 
he understands like it's okay to be a little selfish sometimes. And honestly, I wouldn't even call it being selfish. He's just hanging on to the puck and making a play, making something happen. Goes to net, beats a you know a for a future Hall of Fame goalie, and uh, again a highlight real goal and one that you know I haven't watched the NHL tonight or anything like that. But when I do, man. This better be at least in the top three plays of the night. Probably should be number one. Uh, just a phenomenal goal by uh, Capo Caco. And again, if you have not had a chance to see this, uh, do yourself a favor and and go watch it at some point. Um, and then the only other thing I want to talk about is uh, the fight with Ryan Reeves and Felino. So this whole thing was set up by uh, Keandre Miller taking a hit into the boards from Felino. Uh, Felino. You know, basically just drove into the boards from behind. Miller was cut a little bit over his left eye, got some work done. And, um, you know, he uh, he actually had his family there and a bunch of friends as well, a group of 50 at the game. So that was pretty cool for Ke'Andre Miller. Um, he also had an assist on a Kreider Tippin goal uh, not too long after he had this cut. But it was also great because, uh, you know, Ryan Reeves late in this game, Stood up for Ke'Andre Miller, challenged Felino to a fight, and these guys were throwing haymakers. Uh, Felino landed a couple punches, but Ryan Reeves landed a heck of a lot more and a lot of hard punches and very, very handily won this fight. So that was awesome to see uh, Ryan Reeves sticking up for his teammate here. And I joked on Twitter, although it wasn't really a joke. I said, there will be no more Ryan Reeves slander on this app because this guy is a good teammate. I think he's very well liked in that locker room. I think he is a leader on this team. I mean, I know he's not a captain or an alternate captain or any of that, but I think he has his own very unique leadership style, you know, kind of playing the big brother role last year. Uh, he's the oldest skater on the team by four years. And, you know, he's obviously been around the league. He's seen a lot of things. And uh, I think, uh, you know, a lot of players on this team really like him. And, you know, people criticize Reeves and it's like, well, you know, he's too slow. He's not a good enough skater. He's this, he's that. Well, guys, listen, Ryan Reeves is a fourth line enforcer. He's he's not going to have like a perfect game where he's an A plus at everything. That's just not realistic. Show me a fourth liner in this league that's awesome at every aspect of hockey. You're not going to find one. And it's the same thing with Ryan Reeves. Yeah, there's times in the playoffs last year, I thought there were times where uh, the game was moving a little bit fast on him. He's not the best skater. He's not the fastest guy out there. He's certainly not going to give you a ton offensively, although he will surprise you from time to time. But I'm glad Ryan Reeves is back with this team. I really am. You know, he's he's a good guy. And uh, that was awesome to see him stick up for Ke'Andre Miller. And we can hope for more of the same uh, going forward. And the only other thing that I want to talk about here before we, uh, before we call it a night is why I believe Chris Kreider can get close to 52 goals. And this is something that I've talked about in the past, but you watch this game here tonight and you watch everything that he did last year. You know, the, the big assumption seems to be, you know, whether it's from Ranger fans or more often general hockey fans, ah, oh, Chris Kreider, he's never going to do anything like that again. Yes, he will. I don't think he's going to get to 52 just because that's such an enormous number. You can't pencil anybody in for 52 goals going into a season, but it's what I said in the past. I, I discussed this during our best case and worst case scenarios this offseason. Chris Kreider will get closer to 52 goals than people realize. He had two goals in this game here tonight. And the reason I say that is his formula for scoring goals is very, very repeatable. He goes to the net. He sets up shop in the crease. They can't move him out of there. He is absolutely unreal. The best player in hockey when it comes to deflecting the puck into the net. He scored a goal like that tonight. He's, he is also very capable of um, you know cleaning up some loose change in the crease. If the save is made and the puck is laying there, uh, he'll stuff those in as well. And hey, I mean, he can shoot too. So many of his goals come with the deflection or the stuffing goal, You know, a lot of times on the power play as well. Um, but he can shoot. And by the way, 
that Ranger power play is absolutely freaking unreal, and he's a huge part of it. So he's going to get a lot of power play goals too. What he did last year is very, very uh, repeatable. Again, 52 goals, can't sit here and say that he'll hit that, but I I could see him getting like 45 or maybe even more. We will see, but bottom line, he's going to get a lot closer to 52 goals this season than I think a lot of people realize. Um, but, you know, I figured, I figured we could pretty much call it there for today, Um yeah, I mean, we pretty much covered everything from this game. A lot happened in this game against the Wild, and the Rangers going to be back in action Friday night looking to start 3-0 when they take on uh, the Winnipeg Jets. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers, and definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts.